Welcome back to Between the Lines, the podcast. I'm Jay Lind, and I'll be your host. This is episode four of the podcast, and we're really gaining steam now. With well over 200 listens already, it appears that this little project of mine might actually work. Maybe positivity, kindness, and hope do sell. Either way, I've loved putting the episodes together, interviewing the guests, and reading the feedback from the audience. I'm certainly getting as much out of it as anyone else. A special shout-out this week goes to Mike, Corin, Cine, and Coco, who all reached out recently to let me know they've been listening, enjoying, and following the podcast. And you know what? I'm willing to say this to everyone out there. Cine and Coco are two of my top five, I'd say, favorite ants in the world. Although, just as I just said their names like that together, uh, they sound more like my two favorite pet cockatoos. Cindy and Coco. I don't know if cockatoos talk. Anyway, that backfired, so I just pissed off all of my aunts at this point. Anyway, if anyone else out there has been enjoying what they have heard on the podcast so far, please remember to rate, review, and follow Between the Lines on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Or you can drop me an email at betweenthelinesmemoir at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support my mission to spread kindness, positivity, and hope in this particular way, please click on the support the podcast link at the end of the episode notes. But more importantly, thank you all for listening. Today, I will be interviewing Allison, an old friend of mine, who also happens to be a new friend of mine. But before I get to that, this is the good news. I'll be honest, after another heart-crushing school shooting in Texas on Tuesday, it almost felt wrong to have a good news segment this week, but then I remembered that the point of bringing you a good news story each week was to bring a little, little light and a sliver of hope to myself and to the rest of you when things felt especially dark and hopeless. And I think um, another school shooting like that certainly qualifies as a dark and hopeless situation. So anyway, here it is. In my home state of Illinois this week, about a month after the first black female justice was appointed to the United States Supreme Court, Lisa Holder White was appointed as the first black female justice on the Illinois Supreme Court. That's the kind of progress that gives me hope. Also, both of my kids are celebrating birthdays this week. A little fella turned 11 today, and the not-quite-as-little fella will be 14 on Sunday. And just like fancy cheese, they continue to get better with age. You can tell by the smell of them. I'm kidding. They smell great. Happy birthday, boys. I love you. Now, let's get to the interview already. So, like I said, Allison is an old friend of mine. She was one of my closest friends as we were finishing up high school 30 years ago. 
In fact, she was witness to and usually complicit in much of the debauchery, tomfoolery, and ballyhoo of my adolescence. Since then, though, I've only seen Allison a couple of times, and until recently, I really hadn't had any contact with her in years. But over the last several months, we've been talking on the phone about once a week to catch up and to discuss one of Allison's new projects that I'll let her tell you about in a minute. But it feels like our friendship barely skipped a beat. And I'm really grateful to have my old buddy back in my life again. So before we get into the interview, there are a few things you should know about Allison. She is a bona fide queen of yoga, meditation, mindfulness, wellness, and self-care. She's also done the hair and makeup of many A-list celebrities out there in the City of Angels. And on top of that list, in my opinion, is Kenny G. <laughs> what I wouldn't do to run my fingers through that guy's hair. She's also worked as a model, a reporter for her local paper, and as a clown. But above all else, I should note here that Allison was once a Miss Illinois preteen pageant contender. She kind of blew it in the final round, but that's her story to tell, I guess. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you my friend and personal makeup artist, Allison. Welcome to the podcast, Allison. How are you feeling today? I'm, I'm feeling all right, and I'm realizing I need to tell you less. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because you never know. It's going to end up in the public view for everybody for eternity. I'll put, yes. I might put it in a book. I can put it on the podcast. No one talks to me anymore since I wrote a book. Um. Well, it's great to see you and to talk to you, and thank you for coming on. It's a, it's a, it really means a lot to me that you um, are here to talk, talk to me, not just when it's, uh, you know, us having a, a chat on a Sunday, but here to, to uh, tell your story a little bit to, uh, you know, the one to three listeners uh, that are that are out there. Hi, Mrs. Lind. <laughs> she, sorry, she's <laughs> definitely listening. She's, she'll <laughs> listen twice, I'm sure. Uh, and she'll tell me what I what I did wrong too. I bet. Uh, so I want to start right off the bat by uh, talking a little bit about your your main hustle these days. You are a yoga instructor uh, and a general wellness guru. Uh, is that a yogi? Is a yoga instructor a yogi? Yes, a yogi or a yogini, depending on how long you've been doing it for. Whoa! Um, I, I already <laughs> learned something. Your first sentence I'm learning already. A yogini. <laughs> I will be using okay. that. So, although, although I prefer guru. A guru. You know? Yeah, yeah. You're a guru. A guru, <laughs> I think some people say. Uh, so tell us about uh, what it is that you do and why you do it. So I've been teaching yoga for, well, I know exactly how long I've been teaching yoga because I started when my daughter was born. And so it's been 12 years. And uh, over the years, the practice that I do and the practice that I teach has evolved just based off of the different disciplines that I've learned. I started out in vinyasa flow. Anybody that's ever been to, actually anywhere now, uh, this whole concept of like power yoga, where you're going into these classes of a hundred sweaty bodies mm -hmm. and everyone trying to one up somebody with the next person next to anybody that says there's no ego in, uh, in yoga hasn't been to a power yoga class, but 
<laughs> since then, over time, the, the people that I've teached have varied so much. I have a client who's 94. She's amazing. Uh, I have another client that just turned 91 on Sunday. Uh, and then I have clients that are in their 30s and 40s that are, are just trying to kind of maintain health and, and wellness in their body. So uh, for me, teaching yoga has been so, so gratifying because I get to help people feel good inside and out. And that's the whole like slogan that I, I've got a platform of balanced beauty because as you mentioned, I also am a makeup artist. And so I really just enjoy helping people look and feel good inside and out. That's awesome. Uh, I think that, you know, we, I know we've talked about this before that, that you have these clients that are um, older, you know, like a retired people. And like you said, in the nineties, even, um, I know that I have one of my grandmas lived to be 98 and, uh, I, I can't imagine her, uh, at doing yoga, uh, at any <laughs> stage of her life, maybe, but certainly not when she was 98. Um, but that's gotta be, uh, you know, I, obviously I think like, like most people have finally come around to the, to the, the the good benefits of, of yoga um but for for people as you know getting older and feeling just as, as that we're getting older right we're we're i don't want to i guess i already ruined your age i said that yeah oh, yeah together, but, you know <laughs> yeah we're we're you know almost 50 and even though you do yoga every day and you're like super super self-care person and wellness that you, I know you can still feel the difference between how you felt in the morning when you were, you know, 16 and when you're whatever age we are, um, that for, for people, for that, for that age group, I imagine it's really important. Yes. But what I've learned is you just don't call it yoga. Cause if mm -hmm. you tell me <laughs> yoga, they're like, oh, I'm not into that. <laughs> yeah. Especially that. dudes. That's a problem. Right. Yeah. But if you just say that oh, I'm just going to help you stretch and strengthen and get in tune with your body, uh, it then then people are a little bit more receptive to it. But the the whole thing with yoga is that it's complementary to pretty much anything that anybody is doing in their lives, and especially if they're doing nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if if you're an athlete. Uh, if you're a dancer, if you are working at your desk all day, or if you're driving, you know, whatever it is you're doing, everybody can benefit from it. Uh, just simply being more aware and more conscious of your posture, of staying open in your body, having the, the pains that we get in our body can be corrected pretty easily with just a few stretches. Yeah, I think that the difference in like the how far yoga has come or like in, in the in public opinion over the last you know in the time that you've been doing it but even you know like maybe last 20 years um i know that you know in chicago it's like a for men to do yoga like a like a midwestern dude to do yeah. yoga you couldn't you i mean 20 years ago there was a zero percent chance of that 10 years ago there was like a one percent chance of that right now like 20 percent of guys in chicago <laughs> do have done yoga or do yoga on a regular basis. I know it's like some, you know, like big fat iron worker guys who are, who are like doing yoga uh, because it works too. And now they're not the only guy in the black, like secretly closeted yoga guy. Uh, they do yoga. I, when I, I went to, when I, when I went to rehab in Minnesota, it's part of like every rehab 
dangerous. Every inpatient rehab facility does has yoga because it's obviously mind body connection thing there. And, um, and all of us are in bad shape and, you know, coming off of addiction and alcoholism and our bodies are, are hurting. And so I was doing it with these, it, doing yoga in the, this hot racquetball court with, <laughs> with like 20, um, big Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, like hunter guys who definitely had never done yoga before. And I had done it like once, you know, or twice with like, you know, some like wellness thing when I was uh, working as a teacher. Um, but I could pretend a little bit and I certainly understood that it was a good thing and didn't have like a negative connotation to me, but they weren't too happy about doing it. And uh, basically the first couple of times it was just like a hot racquetball court full of big guys farting a lot. Uh, but by, by the end of the month, uh, first of all, all of them, every, all of us felt better. Like these guys, they were kind of like, you know what? Remember when I said like, you know, it's you know, not for, not for me, you know, man, I'm, I can't believe they're making us do this. Well, uh, maybe, maybe I'll keep doing it when I leave here. Uh, they, I mean, it was, it was amazing how like instantly these guys, these big hunter fishermen dudes, uh, who live in the woods were like, you know what? I think I kind of dig this. Anyway, yeah. I think it's really great. And, you know, I can't, uh, I wish I could say that I was like, a, you know, doing it all the time or anything. Uh, I do stretch every morning. I do these, I do stretches every morning and every night that uh, I think you're right. Maybe I am doing yoga, but I call it stretching. There because, you go. Because it makes me feel better. Uh, <laughs> I'm just start, actually, it would feel better to call it yoga because I think that's cool. Uh, anyway, I think it's great. And, uh, and I yeah, think actually, for... Go ahead. True, true story, my husband, uh, and I'm already throwing him under the bus. Uh, when we it. first met one of the times, uh, he, he was saying, you know, I've been doing yoga and he'll, his best advice that he would give to single guys was to go to yoga mm -hmm. because if, if you're halfway decent, you'll be the only dude in the room around a bunch of women in spandex. So yes. That is another <laughs> another positive side of, of that. But if yeah, you're not, yeah. you're gonna be uh, the only dude embarrassing himself in front of right. a bunch of in front of a bunch of women. <laughs> right. So I mean, yeah, you maybe maybe do like a private or something before. Yeah, get and yourself in good yoga shape first. Right. Right. And, and now that I know this about you, um, every time we call each other now, I'm gonna have you do a little bit of yoga before we start our talks. Yeah. Okay. Can we yeah, make sure to call it yoga because you are now my yogini. There you go. Yes. Um, all right. So I know you mentioned uh, the balanced beauty um, phrase and kind of philosophy that that uh, that you it kind of guides what you, what you do in your practice uh, and in your life. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what? How would you you know explain that and describe that to to the listeners? Uh, well, I mean, the key word for me is balance. The, the beauty aspect of it came out of the fact that I was a makeup artist in the beginning. That was my first sort of career, as if you will. Uh, and so when I transitioned from being a makeup artist to a yoga instructor, the balance part of life just really played into not only the yoga aspect of it, but also I was a mother. Uh, I was sort of juggling multiple 
like everybody does in LA, multiple different responsibilities, including work, motherhood. And so for when I decided to take it all on, the makeup, the yoga, the motherhood, it just made sense to me to have this moniker, if you will, balanced beauty, because it encompassed everything. So for me, um, balanced beauty is not so much about the word beauty as like, you know, in the generic sense, but more so what is beautiful to you. So um, that could be food, that could be um, travel, that could be just lifestyle in general. And then the balance is finding a way to incorporate all that into a lifestyle that works for you. So balanced beauty is not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. For, but what I like to share and help and what I'm passionate about is helping people to find ways to incorporate balance and beauty into their life, whether it be self-care tips, whether it be uh, exercise, whether it be, I'm, I'm secretly a, uh, a wannabe interior designer. It's about balance yeah. too. Yeah? Yes. Some feng shui involved in there. Although I have, I have no clue about feng shui, just see my uh, closets and you'll know that, but I would, I would like to know more about it. I like to say it and pretend like I understand it. Right, right, right. Yes. But ultimately that's, that's what it is for me is helping people. And and also just sort of based off my own life experience, helping people to feel balanced and beautiful, um, in their life. So that looks different for everybody. Nice. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, um, and it's what, what a perfect combination for, um, somebody who's, you know, does, uh, hair and makeup and, you know, and that kind of stuff along with, with yoga and, um, and you need some balance for yoga too. I have seen some of those poses, uh, balance, <laughs> balance is important. Uh, so, um, I think I, I have a, a couple more like wellness related questions, but I'm going to, I'm going to move, fo- move forward a little bit. And then if we have time, I want to come back to a couple of more specific questions about that. Um, okay. But I mean, let me just uh, say this to the audience real quick. You are not an alcoholic. And that's boring. But uh, you have been flirting with the uh, with giving up uh, drinking um, anyway, which uh, first of all, uh, what are you thinking? Drinking is fun and healthy for normal people. Um, I'm just kidding. But anyway, tell us about this. So I know that you're like, you're doing these like kind of, there's a movement out there for people who don't know for, it's, I don't know, it's, it has all kinds of names, but, uh, you know, alcohol-free life, sober curious, like gray area drinking or, um, and there's groups and support groups um, that are different from AA, obviously, and it's not for people, uh, for addicts and alcoholics, but uh, for people just thinking about giving up drinking for all kinds of reasons or giving it up, in, you know, whatever. Anyway, you tell us instead of me telling you what it's about. Tell us about that, um, you know, your, what, why you're doing it or what you're thinking and what the what the what your experience has been like. So as as you know, uh, and many people, including your mom who's listening, might <laughs> know um, we grew up in a town where, uh, drinking was sort of a rite of passage. What? <laughs> I thought it was just us. <laughs> okay. Maybe it was just you and me, yeah. but, um, but I, I feel like, and I think 
like a lot of America, there's just was this underage drinking thing that happened for many of us. And, uh, and I know now looking back that what it did for me is that it was that liquid courage, right? Mm -hmm. it, it took a, a girl that was sort of once shy and anxious and, uh, removed that barrier, removed that, um, mindset that when you'd walk into a room that you got nervous. And, and so slowly, but surely that chemical that goes into your body was, I was hooked. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I can, I can go anywhere on this stuff. And, and so, you know, then you go to college and, and then it just continues into adulthood. And, and so for, it just becomes normal mm -hmm. and actually, talk to my AA friends and, and uh, you reference this in your book, you know, I'm considered a normie is mm -hmm. uh, somebody that, that drinks. And if someone said, okay, you've got something really important. You can't drink tomorrow. I'd be like, okay. That's However, awesome. Well, that's great. Uh, <laughs> you're like, whatever. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I wish I could do that. Um, but, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that then, responsibility comes into play. You, you become a parent, you become a spouse, mm -hmm. uh, another, I'm, and here I go, my, my poor husband's already getting, so the, the first date with my husband, uh, at that point in my life, a bottle of wine to myself was really, that was in play. Right. So no we were problem. at dinner and we ordered a bottle of wine for dinner and he poured, we, the waiter poured each of us a glass and I looked over and he just downed his. And I kind of looked at him like, whoa, buddy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he was like, oh, oh, you know, I don't really drink. So I just like to get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, and he's like, yeah, the rest of your bottle, the rest of the bottle is yours. And I was like, oh, sweet. This is going to work out. So anyway, so like when life so goes then you, on, then you, then you proposed to him yeah, yeah, that, 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 that night, huh? Like, I'm yeah. done. Let's do this. <laughs> I've got a designated driver for That's life. Right. Perfect. Uh, no, but then you know, life goes. Life goes on, and uh, and there's no judgment. There's no harm, no foul. So you just keep drinking, and and the next thing you know, you have a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, and then and then the next thing you know, you find yourself as a yoga instructor whose job <laughs> is to promote wellness, and it only takes showing up hungover to teach yoga once or twice. Where you're like, all right, there's something wrong here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not feeling so great here. As I'm telling people to breathe, I'm just hoping they can't smell like yeah, the, you know the aftermath of the alcohol on my breath from last night. You definitely don't want some, one of those hot yoga situations with no, the, no, 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 the yeah, day, no. The morning after. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and anyway, long story shorter is that I started to feel, I started to feel bad. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it wasn't fun. And then of course, like the rest of the world, the pandemic hit, um, and we all just sort of sat at home. And the funny thing is, is I immediately acknowledged the fact that sitting at home drinking was not the answer, uh, thank God. But over time, it just sort of became easy. Well, one, because you're wearing masks, so no one can smell your breath. Yep. But <laughs> you know how often that comes up in, in meetings now and with other addicts and alcoholics? Like, oh my God, the pandemic. First of all, it made everybody have to stay home and isolate, which means you can yeah. drink as much as you want 
And yeah. if you went out, you had to wear a mask. Now no one knows if you're drinking. And exactly. It really opened the door. Really. A lot yeah. of opportunities for addicts and alcoholics during the pandemic. Yeah. 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 And so not to make light of it, but to of make course, light of it. Yeah. But yeah. So, so uh, I found that I was just kind of in this like run around situation where it became kind of habit and then it became habit to start doing it a little bit earlier in the day and uh, because we're all home anyway mm. and so I I kind of checked myself and started looking around to see if there was something that I could do and I found this uh, alcohol free sober curious I just started googling it and I'm like oh my god this is like a thing uh, <laughs> And so I joined a group because, you know, I like my groups. Yeah, you do. You got to look through like you're on like 40 groups. <laughs> and uh, and so what was interesting is I got in these groups and these women, because it was an all women, female mm -hmm. group, were talking about how they were polishing off their bottle of wine and feeling really bad about it. And, and I was in my head, I was kind of like, oh, shit, I was doing that like 20 years ago, mm -hmm. lady. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so I found that that was great to I you know I did the full it was um, like a reset. Mm -hmm. I took it what I learned about myself when I wasn't drinking, and it's not the first time I've done it, but it was the first time I was in a group, so I really felt accountable. Is that I was taking more baths, I was writing more, I was more. Uh, available for my daughter to help her when she needed my help and not in a pissy mood because she was like a buzzkill, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I just found that communication became smoother, uh, with my husband, with every, you know, everything. And so it just made me realize that there was this disconnect that I was in a sense numbing, um, and on top of that, just, you know, the challenges of life in general, uh, they're not going away. Um, when your when your buzz goes away and you wake up the next day, it's still there. So, uh, so that reason as well. But this whole program is all about giving up alcohol completely. And so that's kind of where I'm at now, to be totally honest with mm -hmm. you. It, our days where I'm like, oh, I feel so good when I don't drink. <laughs> but... But then the social aspect of it and the celebratory aspect of it still kind of gets me. So, uh, so, so it's a work in progress. Yeah, that's. I think you you explained that really well. And it, it, what's great about that, I think, in my in my opinion, as someone you know, it was like a twelve step person and went to rehab and does the the steps and you know sits in rooms with like like full blown alcoholics and addicts. Um, is that like the, the the key points that you hit there were. Uh, like about the community, right? So having support, being in a room with other people feeling the same way and going through the same things, uh, which gives you uh, like the I'm not alone feeling. Um, and then just like the instant, almost instant, like payoff of that, that reset or restart that you talked about when you, when you stop drinking for a while or uh, or even, you know, slow it down is that all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, it makes everything easier. So for an alcoholic, it makes everything like, uh, finally, um, like, you know, you're not going to die. But for someone who's not an alcoholic, just even giving up whatever drinking or 
you know, recreational drug use or anything like that that you do, it makes those things so much better. Like your, your interaction with your daughter is better and your husband is better. Your work is better. You're like you, the, the guilt and shame sometimes that you might have like a, a you know, on a, a small scale compared to someone who's like, you know, drinking every day and doing all that. But like that stuff is better. And then the, 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 the mental health payoff is so huge um, along with the physical part. And like those meetings for, or those, you know, those groups that, that you're talking about, it sounds to me from listening to you, uh, like that's the same concept. Like the main thing I get out of AA and a meetings um, and rehab and group therapy, that kind of stuff is, are those things. Like the, the steps are important, uh, which doesn't sound like it's part of, you know, what goes on in those, in those kind of meetings, the steps are important to me, but more important is that community piece and like the accountability, which you mentioned, you have another gr a group of people to hold you accountable and you kind of feel like, okay, now they know I'm doing it. Like the more you say it to the more people you say it to, the more, <laughs> the more you have to do it. Um, and, and then, and then seeing that payoff. So to me, it's everything you just said sounds like the same benefits that, that an addict or alcoholic gets when they, when they're, you know, in recovery and, uh, you know, active in recovery, um, it takes longer for us <laughs> to get those kind of results than it, than it took you. Um, but I think that's great. And I think it's great that you're talking about it because you're not the, you're obviously not the only one when you start Googling it and all those things come up, but there's a lot of people thinking that way. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you got a problem or whatever. It's just like, you know what, there's a, you know, it, it is great. It's a great thing. You don't have to be, uh, you know, it's, it can't be, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. There's not only one way to do it. There's only one, you know, here's the right answer. Um, and I think it's pretty cool that, that you're doing that and that you are willing to talk about it and, uh, you know, and, and share that with, with my listeners, because, I think there's probably um, people listening right now who are like, you know, that sounds like a pretty good deal. And they might, they're probably Googling it right now. Right, right. And it was actually, it was interesting that when I did start to talk about it, then you start to realize that you are not alone. That yeah. there, I think like a really, really big percentage of the world is sort of in doubt of whether they're like one tick off of being alcoholic. You know? Absolutely. So, you are yeah. totally right. And yeah. all alcoholics, they, I mean, not all, I should never say that, but Many of us addicts and alcoholics in the meetings, when we first start going to, to meetings or to or when we first get to rehab or anything like that, as we were like, you know, trying in denial and trying not to go, we were like, no one's gonna understand. I'm so sick. I got it worse than everybody else. And on the first day, you're like, oh my God, these people all are just like me. Right, and by the right. way, I don't have it worse at all. <laughs> like there, no. No, no matter what there's somebody next to you who's got it worse at least in your in your mind uh in, in in my you know experience that definitely was the case and then i started feeling bad because i didn't have it bad enough right know? right well tell, and tell me if i'm wrong because i do have some friends that are in aa and i feel like there's that is half of aa it's just everyone sharing their war stories and talking about like how bad they did have it and, how, and i mean <laughs> yeah. it's like that's like what happens when you go to aa it's, i'm like I, I would go just for the stories, you know. Oh my god, the stories are the stories are amazing, and you're yeah. right; it is at least half of it. And sometimes it feels like a little bit like a competition, right, <laughs> but right. uh, I can't win. I can't win that one. I mean, if I if, in a room with like normies like you, I win every time. But right. <laughs> in those in those meetings, I don't win. 
uh, I, I appreciate what you're saying about, um, you know, it's kind of a, a perspective about drinking and, and uh, you know, support for people who aren't addicts and alcoholics who, you know, are, are still thinking about the, the benefits of, of giving it up anyway. And I think that that's really important for my, for my audience to hear. Drinkers, non-drinkers, um, drug users, and non-drug users. I think that's all really helpful information. Um, but I want to move on to uh, your project. Let's call it a project that we've been working on together for the last several months. You are writing a memoir of your own, which is a terrific idea, I happen to think. Um, but let's make it clear. The tone of your memoir is much different than what was going on in my book. Uh, and our, our target audiences don't exactly overlap. Um, they better not overlap anyway. Uh, so tell us, tell us about your, (laughs) tell us about your book. You can start with the title because that will, that should clear it up. Um, why the audiences don't overlap. Uh, first, start start with the title, or the, we call it a working title, even though I'm pretty sure this one's going to stick. Uh, then give us a little overview about uh, the concept of the book and, and kind of your guiding mission in writing it. Okay. Well, first of all, the funny thing is, is my original working title was Kind and Confident. Nice. I just, I, I started out with mantra. my mantra. Uh, and then, and then it just sort of, melded into this advice to your 12 year old self mm. and uh it's it's that it's a book for tweens so yeah we we do have some conflicting <laughs> <laughs> issues here we'll just say uh so but, I, I, let me just jump in and say that i probably won't tell my probation officer that i helped you with the book <laughs> we may we may have to have a pen name for <laughs> For my my acknowledgments. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I can come up with something. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, so yeah, so it's a book for mothers and daughters. So it's a mother daughter genre, mm-hmm. and it is a memoir story of cautionary tales from my childhood, specifically around the tween years. And I relate the themes that come up in each story to today and write a letter to my daughter as if I were almost writing a letter to myself. Mm -hmm. uh, Each chapter involves a story, a letter, and then follows up with a yoga pose and a self-care tip for mothers, daughters to practice together or to read. And the idea is that each chapter sort of functions on its own to inspire connection and communication between mothers and daughters. And I say that also hoping that fathers and son and, and boys will maybe read it as well to get some insight to uh, what's going on in our crazy girl tween heads. Yeah, I think that, that you're right. And also uh, being privy to the, you know, the what you've written so far, um, like, you know, 90% of it, I would say, or whatever, 80, 75, 80% of it at the very, at the very bottom is really about being a tween period, right? You know, it's, it's it, for boys or girls, it's just <laughs> minus, about minus the period. Well, some of it's about periods, <laughs> which is only for the girls, uh, but boys should learn about that shit too. I, I, I do believe. Amen. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and a lot of it, cause you know, I related to a ton of it, not just because we're from the same place and we we're growing up in the same time. 
But a lot of those issues are just issues about being, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And, uh, you know, some are, are particular to being a, a 10, 11, 12 year old, 13 year old girl. But a lot of it's just about being that age, which is hard for everybody. I think it's harder for girls, you know, based on, you know, talking to a lot of women over the years about their experience at that at middle school age, kind of. And, uh, you know, in my experience, and talking to a lot of men about it. Maybe a little harder for girls, but it's pretty crappy for for most people. I happen to be lucky. You know, I, I, th that might have been my the best three years of my life. I think I, I think I think I, I peaked hard. Like, I mean, physically, that was definitely the cutest I've ever been at, at eighth grade. I mean, from there it's been downhill. That's a long that's a long ride. But uh, I was feeling good about myself and about uh, you know, and, and most things were kind of easy for me. But I know that 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 that's a you know, an anomaly. I was lucky. Uh, but the, I mean, that's, and that was, I remember being surprised to hear how hard it was <laughs> for so many people as the, the older I got and the more I talked to people who were like, oh, the, the last, if you had a time machine, go back to any time period, the last place I would go is like middle school. So right. all of that being said, I think that that's the reason why your book uh, will be so great is because it's, uh, there's so many people who, uh, who can benefit from it and, um, you know, girls at that age and moms and, and moms trying to figure out how to talk to their daughters about it, because not only were you, uh, that age, um, but you have a daughter who is that age now, um, right. in, in that, that section that you mentioned after your anecdote is a letter to her. Um, and so you're dealing with, you know, talking to, uh, a girl of that age about those things and then relaying what you're, you know, what you're learning through that process as a mom and also what you learned, uh, you know, as a girl. And I think it's, I think it's a great idea. And the yoga, the suggestions with the yoga and the mindfulness stuff, I think in wellness tips and journal prompts, I mean, that's just like, it's like a, uh, like a do it yourself kind of, uh, self-help book. Um, for, for, for moms and daughters. I think it's, a, it's such a great idea. And it's funny. Uh, I'll say it's funny. Uh, a lot of it's funny. You're funny and you're a great writer and you're very descriptive, good descriptive language about those years and about um, especially some of the 80s culture references that I especially appreciate. Um, so I think it's, I think it's really great. And, and I mean, and I'm really happy to have been, like, been a part of helping you get it together and, uh, you know, maybe fine tune it here at the, at the end stages because uh, I'm, I'm excited to see, see what it does. You're going to be on like some on the Today Show talking about it and doing yoga poses with Katie Couric. Is she on the Today Show? <laughs> Is she still? I don't know. But I yes, have no idea. Regis, maybe Regis, Regis and Kathy Lee. Do they yes. do it? Yeah, no, I think. Oh, Reg and then I can drink wine with them. Oh while... yeah, oh yeah. Regis is dead, right? Is Regis dead? I don't know, but Kathy Lee and the and the and her new or Coda, Coda right? Michael Strahan, maybe he's a good guy. Anywho, yeah, they, yeah, that Kathy Lee, she likes to drink. I know that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, and then the, and the funny thing is, is and this is a note to self: if anybody is thinking about their childhood know that nobody actually remembers the stupid stuff that you did back then <laughs> you're, you're gonna harbor it for your entire life 
um, unless you, like me, write it down and process it all, which, by the way, writing is such a great way to heal. Um, but that's a whole other story. But I, um, I do want you to know that I was writing these stories and calling my parents to try and get details. And they're like, really, honey? We don't remember you forgetting your speech in the pageant. We thought you were ready. Yeah. <laughs> so it is. It is interesting to to think back on that time in our lives and feel that the world is on our shoulders and everybody's staring at you. And you know, any little thing you do, you're being judged for. Uh, but really, ultimately, nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you know, it's not just true about those times. Uh, it's true about it, life in general. Uh, I yes. have found out, and, and, and thankfully, in my case anyway, no one's paying attention. You know what? Everyone's yep. thinking about themselves uh, yep. generally. And we, you know, the ego in all of us thinks that everybody's looking at us and judging us or thinking about us or worrying about us. Uh, but in the end, they aren't. And especially at that age, you know, in those tween years, uh, we certainly think that everybody is. That might be the time where more people are than, than later in life, but uh, certainly not nearly as much as we're worried about. The truth is they're all right. worried that you're looking at them. Right, right. And and that is, well, and that's just life, right? That is yeah. the best lesson that you can learn in life. That and, and forgiveness for yourself, for others, uh, to, to know that we're all human. And we're going to do stupid shit. And some of it's not as real stupid, but, mm -hmm. uh, but ultimately that, uh, we are human. And so that we need to, uh, to give a little grace here and there. Yeah. And everybody, yeah, yeah. You're, we're, we're all flawed. I mean, I don't have personal experience with any of that stuff. No, I, you're perfect. I haven't made any significant <laughs> mistakes. Uh, but I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I can appreciate it. I know lots of people who've made mistakes. Uh, there's, right. one, there's one guy I knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, so this is your opportunity to be an influencer. I think you may already be an influencer, but let's just, this is give you a, a way bigger one with my mom and uh, everyone else who might be listening to the show. Uh, tell us about something, uh, tell us about something, a show or a movie or a podcast, an artist, a book. Or something that you're enjoying right now uh keep in mind i'm not sure if you listened but the, but last week's guest gave us a a glass blower as the artist to watch and i checked them out buck glass by the way i just finally did check them out a couple days ago it's amazing it's an unbelievable thing anyway so no pressure uh, but he gave us a glass blower, so yours better be great uh so give us something tell us something to watch or listen to or read or whatever Oh, gosh. Well, you know, there's this great book called Between the Lines. Oh, my uh, gosh. It's funny that you say that. I wrote that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, okay. So most of the books that I'm reading are actually all, like, crazy stuff about science and the vagus nerve and, and stuff like that, which I, I find fascinating. But but as far as entertainment goes, I'm, I'm going to give you um, some of my YouTube mm -hmm. stuff. So... So every day I, I start out my morning, I do a morning meditation and I start out with a, a meditation with a guy named Dr. Joe Dispensa. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I have time at lunch, I have a little lunch with Russell Brand. Nice. I love Russell Brand. And then when I have time for a bath, 
uh, I will listen to a little Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so those are... Those are my uh, guilty pleasures these days. Uh, well, I love. I think I mean, Dave Chappelle is a genius. I can't imagine listening to him in the bath, but <laughs> uh, but uh, I might. Maybe I'll try it. You know, if that's what I need. First of all, I, hey, I'm sure I need a bath, and, and I can also <laughs> uh, use even more Dave Chappelle. You don't need to see. You just gotta listen. That's that's right. That's that's right. <laughs> um, well, I think. I mean. That, those aren't glass blowers, you know. To be clear, but but that those are all, those are those are great suggestions. And you know, you know, who could use the help? Dave Chappelle from an influencer, because that guy, yeah. and, you know, he's he's really down and out, and losing money. And, you know, right, uh, right. But you are right. I, I I hear that. And Russell Brand also an addict in recovery who has a lot of great stuff to say about addiction. Really honest, awesome stuff about addiction and recovery and all that. Yes. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to gratitude. Um, why not, uh, each of us, we can t- take a second to talk about something we're grateful for. Um, why you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, you go first. Oh, you're the first one to have me go first. That's a, that's a big mistake. Cause I'm, I'm good. You know, I wrote this out already and I thought about uh, it. Now you're, I'm just uh, kidding. I did not write it down, but I did, uh, think about it before we, started the interview and today uh although it's been raining for most of the day but lately i've been very grateful for my little like five foot by ten foot uh garden in front of my apartment that uh i i'm in charge of doing the planting and caregiving for these uh for this little little plot of earth and i really like doing it it's a really like kind of a meditative process for me too and i love watching the plants grow and the flowers grow and the colors come out uh you know and it gives me that a yeah, little purpose to take care of a living thing but uh, and to get moving and do something uh you know at the beginning and end of each day um but also i just like watching it grow and i like it's a, it's a simple thing again as a simple thing that that i probably wouldn't have or didn't notice or appreciate as much uh, during active addiction. And I really uh, am grateful for those those moments in my garden every day. Now it's your turn. Follow that, Allison. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I just changed my mind as you were talking. Nice. Because you were yeah. going to say look, your little garden, too? I was going to say my garden, too. No. <laughs> I, darn it. Uh, no, I actually, I was going to say, well, so I, I was part of this group, again, Are you in a gardening group? (laughs) And uh, so I was asked this question recently, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't. I wasn't thinking at the time of what I was going to say. It just came out, and it was health, Mm -hmm. uh, which I have a lot of of reasons to be grateful for health, and you know, praying for good health and hoping for good health these days um, for myself and loved ones. But uh, but then when I got off of that group, it made me think of it's. It was deeper than that. Uh, it, it's not just health for me. It is uh, sort of the mind body connection. And so mind body spirit, which made me just now think of, I have this little house out on my patio in my garden um, that I go to every morning. And it's my, it's my, I call it the glass house, although it's not glass. And I sit in there on a, a tiger bean bag and I light my candles and I take my moment to meditate and that little 
room that I go to every day is probably one of the, the happier, more special places that I've created over a lifetime. And it is so simple. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but having that space and time to sit in there and connect my mind, my body and my spirit, uh, really is what I think creates mental, physical, spiritual health for me. Uh, and so I'm very grateful to that space uh, to have that to go to every day. That's perfect. Uh, and and you do this in the morning, right? Every morning? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. I think and, and it's similar. It's the first thing. One of the first things I do in the morning is go out and water the plants. It's, it, it is like that. Uh, there's there's definitely something to that and the reason why that that's morning meditation is you know suggested by every mental health professional and uh, guru and yogini out there uh, because of starting your day that way clearing your mind and and having that 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 moment of, of Zen uh, like John Stewart used to say used to say uh, in the morning it's a great way and it's just like in, instead of starting your day like oh my god what do I have to do now what you know in, with that anxiety and, and fear that a lot of people wake up with um, to just clear it right there is really great so I think that's great a good matching one to the to the garden you made me think of it um but that you also just said now you you made me jealous because you have a house outside of your house in your garden and i live in a basement with a five-foot garden but anyway it's okay i'm not a jealous person uh so time that should just about do it for our interview with allison uh so it's time for some thank yous and goodbyes uh first of all thanks again to allison for her willingness to tell some of her story on the podcast today i definitely learned a thing or two uh, you can learn more about Allison or book her for a sweet Zoom uh, Zoom yoga sesh uh, at uh, AllisonBurmeister.com. Um, I will put that in the uh, episode notes if you want to uh, reach her or see what she's up to and or read more about balanced beauty that we talked about. If you too learned something today or enjoyed what you heard, um, be sure to rate and review the podcast on Spotify or Apple podcasts and click the support the podcast link. If you're feeling it, if you want to contact me, feel free to drop me a note at between the lines, memoir at gmail.com. Or just spread the word. Tell a friend if you have one, or tell two friends if you're super popular like Allison. Most of all, thanks for listening today. And in the wise, wise words of my Uncle Dave, keep it simple, be humble, and hope for the best. See ya.